One of the minor hazards of being a best-selling crime novelist is the ubiquitous question, and have you ever been personally involved with a real-life murder investigation? A question occasionally asked with a look and tone which suggests that the murder squad of the Metropolitan Police might with advantage dig up my back garden. I invariably reply no, partly from reticence, partly because the truth would take too long to tell, and my part in it, even after 52 years, is difficult to justify. But now, at 70, the last survivor of that extraordinary Christmas of 1940, the story can surely safely be told, if only for my own satisfaction. I'll call it The Mistletoe Murder. Mistletoe plays only a small part in the mystery, but I've always liked alliteration in my titles. I have changed the names. There is now no one living to be hurt in feelings or reputation, but I don't see why the dead should be denied a similar indulgence. I was eighteen when it happened, a young war widow. My husband was killed two weeks after our marriage, one of the first RAF pilots to be shot down in single combat. I had joined the Women's Auxiliary Air Force partly because I had convinced myself it would have pleased him, but primarily out of a need to assuage grief by a new life, new responsibilities. It didn't work. Bereavement is like a serious illness. One dies or one survives, and the medicine is time, not a change of scene. I went through my preliminary training in a mood of grim determination to see it through, but when my grandmother's invitation came just six weeks before Christmas, I accepted with relief. It solved a problem for me. I was an only child, and my father, a doctor, had volunteered as a middle-aged recruit to the Royal Army Medical Corps. My mother had taken herself off to America. A number of school friends, some also in the forces, wrote inviting me for Christmas, but I couldn't face even the subdued festivities of wartime and feared that I should be a skeleton at their family feast. I was curious, too, about my mother's childhood home. She had never got on with her mother, and after her marriage the rift was complete. I had met my grandmother only once in childhood, and remembered her as formidable, sharp-tongued, and not particularly sympathetic to the young. But I was no longer young except in years, and what her letter tactfully hinted at, a warm house with plenty of wood fires, home cooking and good wine, peace and quiet, was just what I craved.